0: Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we try to avoid prematurely having one while reviewing the Browns draft, look back at a better than average week for the tribe, and break down the dumbest topic in the history of this show. I'm here tonight with two of the best ever, Smiling Chuck Rimbaldo is back.
1: Hey, everybody. What's happening, Gerbs? Phil?
0: Hey, guys. Team speed in a word. Phil Denko is here as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm glad to be here.
0: Who do you think wrote that your book caption? <laughs>
2: Matt <Tercy. laughs>
0: Uh Phil, let's start with you. This month, YouGov.com, a global public opinion and data company, published a ranking of states in America. UGov asked people to choose the better of two states in a series of head-to-head matchups. States were rated based on their win percentage, that is, how often that state won the head-to-head matchup when it was one of the two states shown to a participant. Hawaii, of course, finished first. Michigan, my current home state, finished ranked 20. Ohio, the heart of it all, finished ranked 33rd, winning 45% of its head-to-head matchups. What do you think about the head-to-head system? And should people in Delaware, ranked 32, hear Ohio's footsteps coming?
2: Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to think about this. I, I, I'm putting this pretty high on my rankings of things I could not care less about, I think. <laughs> um, I guess there's some randomness to the head-to-head matchups. Someone started against Hawaii. How, who's to say they wouldn't have made it pretty far in that tourney, right?
0: I don't know how they did it at all. And it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense, although I will say congrats, you beat Nebraska. And the other thing is YouGov is actually a pretty interesting website, but I'm not sure I take much of it seriously because they are currently ranking the most popular beer in America for the first quarter of 2021 as Heineken. And Uh. I just don't believe there's any way that that could be true. So I'm not sure who's voting on this, but I think Delaware should be worried. Why don't we head into the show tonight and we're going to do things a little bit differently. Our first segment will be dedicated entirely to the NFL draft. Our second segment, we'll sit down and we'll talk some baseball and basketball before we head off the field for our final segment. And we'll start our NFL draft conversation, of course, with our hometown Cleveland Browns by all accounts had a fantastic draft this past weekend. I don't think you can find anybody in any media outlet that is saying the Browns did something wrong at any stage of the draft this weekend. In fact, I read multiple places outside of Cleveland where they described the Browns as one of the smartest teams in the NFL, which is still a shock to me, (laughs) even though I think it's probably true. So everybody very excited. The grades through the roof for the Browns draft, but in the immoral words of the Wolf in Pulp Fiction, let's not start (laughs) sucking each other's dicks. (laughs) The Browns have, in the last several years, had some pretty well-ranked drafts in the days following the completion of the actual draft, and I think it's uh, at least a word of caution. 2012, the consensus was the Browns had a B plus draft three of their first four picks that year, Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon, Mitchell Schwartz. Now Mitchell Schwartz ended up being pretty good, um, but that's a disaster in the first round. Uh, In 2014, they got an A minus three of their first four picks, Justin Gilbert, Johnny Manziel. And Terrence West, who was going to become our every down back. Guess who I've never seen, I think, on the field before for the Browns? Terrence West. I got an A minus? Got an A minus that year. 2015, they got a B plus. First four picks in the 2015 draft Danny Shelton, Cam Irving, Nate Orchard. And Duke Johnson <laughs> oh, good with that in mind let's go ahead and look at this year's draft <laughs> the Browns with their first two picks went defense they took a wide receiver in the third round they took an offensive tackle in the fourth overall they made eight selections five of those were on defense Chucky as a whole what does this draft tell you about where the cleveland browns are right now
1: i guess tells us two things andrew barry continued to reshape the defense as it would stand i would think right now you're only looking at what two starters from last year who will be starting this year miles garrett and uh, denzel ward i look at it that way that i think people in cleveland want to build him a statue already uh, for what he's done in the last two years which great because jim tomey has a statue in cleveland and he doesn't deserve one either (laughs) <laughs> uh, at least in my opinion. The other thing is like, there, there were plenty of times where I thought they took guys who may have been the best available player right then, whether it was defense or not. And then you even saw some luxury pick. It's so weird to talk about maybe we're this loaded that you're able to take a guy in the third round who basically can stretch the field. That's, that's yeah. his job. I was aesthetic uh how they drafted for for jok to fall to the second round i would have been happy if they took him in the first round with their pick and i know what that knock is on him that he's undersized but people knock barry because he doesn't value linebackers or analytics don't but this guy signed a linebacker in free agency and then drafted two yeah uh, in this draft it undersized or not uh, the blueprint is speed and these guys go sideline to sideline apparently so i'm beyond happy Uh, with the draft.
0: Phil, do you think they could have done any better than they did with those first two picks?
2: No, personally, I was kind of bummed we didn't take JOK with our first pick because I thought, oh, there's a dynamic player. You know, he was on the board and I thought, all right, kind of fits our defensive scheme. Let's go ahead and get him. You know, he's, he's this stud player who cares what, people are saying about his weight and things like that. It's all about speed. And then we didn't take him, and we picked a really good cornerback that I'm thinking, all right, here's a position last year that we have talent at, but we can't keep these guys on the field. Even Denzel Ward missed what four games, five sure. games last year. So adding depth there and, and you know, talent there was, was key. And then the pickup JOK again <laughs> in the next round was fantastic. I thought, all right, this is perfect. This is exactly what we're doing. The Browns and Andrew Berry seem to be putting a team together to beat the Kansas city chiefs, not to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals, And you know, okay, maybe I'll throw the the Ravens in that category too. We're trying to beat the Ravens and the chiefs because that's the path you need to take to get through the AFC.
0: The thing that I liked best about the picks were they didn't reach, they didn't overextend themselves. They didn't do anything crazy. They didn't go for some, flashy guy who's a project or something like that. These were solid, good nuts and bolt picks. Making that move in the second round to go get JOK, it just seemed like such a smart move. They barely gave anything up. They've had a ton of picks in the draft anyway, and they got a guy that on most mocks that we looked at in the weeks leading up to the draft, had him going in the first round. I think the hardest part about it is understanding that they're really doing this well and it's the Cleveland Browns that's the hard part I mean shaking off the old Browns fan feeling and accepting that this is a new path is tough Phil is it possible the Browns roster was so good after four picks that they could have just taken kickers the rest of the way in the draft the way Burke suggested
2: yeah actually I I think so now you know we'll see what happens with those lower picks looking at that roster I thought we were pretty set before the draft even kicked off, after our first four picks, had we just ran the table and took the four best kickers out there, and let them let them have a kickoff? I, I think that would have also filled a, a need for the team.
0: What do you, what do you think the overall draft grade would have been if five through eight we went all well, kickers?
2: Based based on your 2012 and 15 drafts or whatever it was, uh, they'd probably give us a B plus. <laughs> Someone uh, picked the kicker, right? I think the Bengals the drafted Bengals. a kicker.
0: I think in like the fifth round, too. I don't even think it was that late. And the Steelers drafted maybe. a punter. This is great. Oh, wow.
2: This is great. Man, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're taking that division over, man. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. We have to get used to feeling wow, our team is smarter and better than these other guys because yeah. we're not drafting kickers yeah. and punters. Are there any moves?
0: left to be made to change the roster either side of the ball before we head into the season?
1: I don't think so, just because if I'm trusting what he did last year offensively and reshaping the offense to be as potent as it became by mid-season, they've done the same thing with the defense. So I'm almost going to expect this, barring injury, I'm almost going to expect the same thing, that you're going to see a massive turnaround and maybe we're looking at a somewhat dominant defense. By midseason. I don't see, I, I don't know, man, because everybody, I, I assume this is what sports radio in Cleveland could be talking about tomorrow is like, can we trade OBJ now? You know, like for what? Uh, maybe right. you have an embarrassment of riches now at, in certain positions. That's probably the only thing you, that people could second guess. I, I don't think there's another move here that would make me any happier than I am.
0: I agree with you. I don't think there's anything to do other than the normal roster building and and putting together a practice squad and you need a ton of bodies for that kind of stuff, but there's no more big moves that I think need to be made. And it's crazy to think again, that we're talking about a Browns team that now has an embarrassment of riches at certain positions. I mean, Phil, do you think 27 cornerbacks and safeties is enough? Cause I think that's what I count on the <laughs> roster. Now.
2: Yeah. I know we're kidding about it, but I, I think the only position we're, we're weak in right now is kicker. I, I think you just hold tryouts for that, right? Isn't that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no big deal. So yeah, I, I think uh, the depth they've created through the draft and free agency is if it was a two-year plan, they completed that two-year plan for sure.
0: Hard to argue with any of the moves. It's, it's really exciting, but there is A sad note, drafting of some additional defensive backs and the signing of defensive backs in free agency means that it's got to be at this point a certainty that Arnold Sandejo will (laughs) not be back (laughs) with the Browns. So it was one of the best things we did for most of the Browns season, but I think we come tonight to our final Sandejo moment. And Chucky, what are you going to remember the most about Sandejo?
1: That it was amazing that during the Christmas gift exchange, two people got the same shirt from two different (laughs) friends because there was so much love for him. I, I don't know. I will miss the segment. I will miss a guy who I thought at times played with just reckless abandon at his own peril in uh, <laughs> injury. Um, I won't miss him getting beat deep, even if he's playing 30 yards off the ball, but he'll forever be one of my fav- our favorite Browns now, I think. <laughs> For all Phil, the wrong reasons. You might want to reach out to him on
2: Cameo. Yes. He's available. <laughs> I'm going to do that. He will be announcing this year's trick pick.
0: <laughs> Phil, what about you? What are you going to remember the most about the Sendejo moments? From There's last so season. many
2: fond memories. I really, I'm a little worried as as to who the hell is going to hold the ball now on kickoffs when the wind picks up. I, yeah, I, that's I, true. I, that's going to be rough. They got to keep someone on the squad for that. I feel confident that we'll probably replace the Sendejo moment of the game with something else, we'll find somebody, I'm, I'm sure. It's it's what we do. <laughs>
0: all right. My favorite memory of Sandejo's is pretty close to Chuck's is I actually received two Sandejo T-shirts for Christmas because <laughs> my wife bought me one too, and so did Tommy. <laughs> so I got a bunch of Sandejo T-shirts. I don't know where I can wear them now, but um, let's move on and talk just generally about the rest of the draft. And before we go into looking at all the other teams, I really think that the next big step for the Browns is to win that division and to win the AFC North. So let's look at the way the draft went for some of the other teams in the division. What player was added by one of our division rivals that concerns you the most?
2: Nobody concerns me, uh most
0: arrogant Browns fan ever now. What the hell, man? Yeah, I'm
2: getting you I'm trying to get <laughs> two, used to this. 2 years uh, ago, you'd yeah, never like, said that. Seriously. <laughs> like, you know, we kind of thought Najee Harris would get drafted by the Steelers. We were actually talking about that. I think that was a really good Pick by them, they needed that, right? I think the Steelers did a little bit better job later in the draft of of filling in their holes on the offensive line compared to the Bengals. Joe Burrow is screwed. I mean, he, <laughs> he has he has some weapons, but uh, he better get that ball out of his hand in about a second and a half, I think. So I guess I can't say I'm worried about Najee Harris. He's a running back. I, you know, okay. We can tackle, I think now <laughs> we'll see.
1: <laughs> what about you, Chucky? I'd say the same. And, and I think I'm a little higher on Najee Harris than, than Phil is. I think he's, he's big and strong and all those things. And we'll run downhill and, and could it could make them less one-dimensional than they were at the end of last season. I was ecstatic that they drafted skill position first two picks because they really yeah. needed an offensive yeah. line. right. I guess he would worry because I, I think he's a like a prototypical workhorse in the NFL. They can feed him 20, which they probably won't since Ben Roethlisberger averages 50 throws a game. But yeah. <laughs> I think he's the kind of back that he can, he can wear down a defense if you just keep pounding with him. So I, I think out of anybody, that's who I would say.
0: See, I'm worried about the possibility of the Bengals putting it together for real. We think Joe Burrow is for real and Jamar Chase is a beast. That's going to be a lot to handle in this division. For the next two or three years. Now there's a lot of ifs because the rest of the Bengals squad has to come together. And that organization hasn't been good in a really long time. But man, Jamar Chase was an animal in college. Burrow is legit if he's healthy and they can keep him upright. And that's going to be a lot to handle, even with our 27 defensive backs. But let's move into just looking at the draft as a whole. And I'm just going to go through a list. And I want you guys to tell me whether they were winners or losers in the draft. Jacksonville Jaguars, winners or losers?
2: I'm going to say winners. You know, we talked about this last week. There's a good chance they got the generational quarterback, right? Okay. They followed that up by drafting a running back, which I thought was interesting, but a good running back. I, I was kind of laughing. I thought, well, Urban Myers approaching this like it's uh Ohio State College football. <laughs> like let's just get <laughs> let's just get all the skill positions out there that we can. But then I think they did uh draft several offensive linemen after that. So I'm going to say winners.
1: I'm almost carbon copied what Phil just said. Winners. But as good as that running back is, like they had an undrafted free agent running back last year who was phenomenal. Right. And yeah. It's not like you're running, you know, like the Browns possibly have the best backfield in the NFL and they rarely have both of them on the field at the same time in the back. Yeah. Is that urban Myers plan? I don't know. But overall winners, when you have that many picks that high in every round, something's got to work out. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Let me take you back to 2012, (laughs) (laughs) Joe. All
2: right. Winner or loser? Bernie Kosar. Oh, God. He's a winner every day. Every day (laughs) that man is a winner.
0: I think my favorite moment of the draft was at the very, very beginning when Goodell was announcing those guys on stage with him and the crowd was chanting Bernie's name. And Mm -hmm. he had to like stop for a second and acknowledge the fact that they were chanting Bernie's name, man, that Joe Thomas is a first ballot surefire Hall of Famer. Bernie still owns this town. No doubt about that. Chucky, Justin Fields, winner or loser?
1: Winner. He went to a much more competitive team than the Jaguars, you know. (laughs) I think listening to your pod last week, yesterday on my driving, you guys are kind of like right on. But I think he's a better quarterback than who went number two or three. Uh, I think he has a better skill set than most of those guys. The, the only difference is Trey Lance was under center more than any other quarterback in college football, and you see sometimes that's a problem. But I think you go to the Bears; they're a possible playoff team. I don't care that they traded up to get him. That's their biggest missing piece, and how long can you ride Andy Dalton? Um, oh no, no, no,
0: no, no! Right? You can't uh, yeah. Do that. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs>
1: so I think I think he's a he, he's in a good situation. That's a I'd be happy if I got drafted mm. by the Bears and I was him. You know, you're, you're ready to win now.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we we talked about this a little bit. Justin Fields falling down to where to get picked like 11th, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 or 11, I think. Yeah, it, it's to his benefit because they have pieces in place. You know, they're not searching for receivers and running backs and offensive linemen so i think he's a winner in this draft um i agree i think he is going to probably if they start the season with andy dalton i'm going to say it's going to be like our experience with baker mayfield and by yeah by week two or three you'll see justin fields in there
0: i'm concerned for him because it seems to me that chicago might be a place where quarterbacks are going to die right now and i don't know i guess that's based too much on mitch trubisky and maybe he just should have never been there in the first place i think of the guys that fell that benefited them it's probably uh the guy from alabama that fell all the way to the patriots Mm. that's the guy who ends up in the best situation i worry for justin fields in chicago i hope you guys are right because i'd love to see that guy be successful so winner or loser full length pants
1: i assume we're talking about how apparently it's very trendy to wear floods with a suit i guess yeah yeah
2: Yeah, i missed that memo either roll it up with (laughs) no socks
1: in either some sort of classic tennis shoe or a a suede loafer winner it's a trend that i'll never get behind but it looked cool (laughs) i was okay with it (laughs) what do you think
2: phil i was Caught off guard by it at first, you, you know, I am the last person to be uh, evaluating the fashion of the young soon to be millionaire crowd. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so if, they, uh, if they're if they going to carry that forward, you know, more power to them.
0: I'm just not sure I can ever wear that into court. I don't <laughs> no, know don't. What, <laughs> <laughs> what a judge is going to say to me. If I show up with like my ankles exposed <laughs> winner or loser, Chuck, the nickname slim reaper.
1: I'm not into it. Loser. <laughs> All right. So what about you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Who is the slim reaper? Devante Smith. Oh, the that's kid, from, the kid from Alabama. Yeah. 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 Listen, they said it like 50 times during like the pre-draft and like the draft show before he got picked. I'm going to say it's a loser because I don't ever want to hear it again. All right, winner or loser, Goodell getting more and more casual as the week went on. I can't wait for you. I could not wait for this.
1: And if you weren't going to bring it up, I was. Because I, then I thought like the pre-draft pods we did and you talked about guys getting drafted in like the 11th and 15th round. Like God forbid if that was going to happen this year, because Goodell would have ended just being up in boxer shorts and a shit stained t-shirt. Like, how casual can you get on day three? I was like, you, you completely stole my joke, Chuck. My joke was that, you know, he's,
0: he gets more and more casual as the thing goes. He's in a suit and tie for yeah. the first round. He's suit, no tie for the second round and the third round. And then he's in a long sleeve t-shirt for the third round. And I said, if the draft had continued on Sunday, he had to come out in a robe, but yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. yours better because I think you're right. Like, What's it going on? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a winner or a loser for that i don't know which one I mean, that is for his comfort it's a winner
1: i guess
2: <laughs> do you think any of the guys drafted late in the draft take offense to that like what the hell you don't even expect me to make the team <laughs> yeah. like, look at you you're in a robe Seriously, man. <laughs> you know, this is on tv right <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right last
0: one phil winner or loser goodell's stupid chair
2: oh god <laughs> i think the chair
1: is a winner more people saw that chair than any nba final game from last season and more than the oscars from a few weeks ago that chair got more exposure than anything so the chair is a winner
2: god i love that chair (laughs) (laughs) i thought the chair as an idea was kind of weird the chair itself looked very comfortable and i could completely understand why chuck would say it was a winner i gotta tell you i i may have to buy one of those chairs after this
0: my sense was it was pretty lame That's it for my questions on the NFL draft. So why don't we go ahead and take our first break, come back and we'll talk some baseball and basketball. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by soften the blow life coaching experts in helping you break bad news. The communication experts at soften the blow life coaching have helped clients communicate tough news with a soft touch for more than 25 years. This year, Football fans everywhere face the difficult task of breaking the great news of the expanded NFL season to their non-football fan spouses. Let's see how that conversation would go without the time-tested coaching from the soften-the-blow team. Tammy, great news! The NFL added another regular season game to the schedule. We get another whole week of football next season.
2: Wait, are you being serious? I hope you're joking.
1: What the f- those selfish motherfuckers, why the
2: f*** would they do a dumb f***ing thing like that? Are baseball or basketball giving up a f***ing week? I bet not. I hate that pinheaded blonde cunt f- Goodell so much. I'd love to punch him in his f***ing pin head. I guess that means we lose another week of f***ing leaf peeking next year. F***ing great. What a bunch of f***ing f***ing
0: f- f- Not the outcome anyone is looking for, but with a few simple tweaks and our expert communication coaching, this bad interaction turns into, hey Tammy. Hey Jason, are those flowers for me? Yeah, here's a nice cup of hot tea as well. I heard Fixer Upper was having a special crossover marathon with the Kardashians. Maybe that's something we could watch together while I fold the laundry and we discuss meals for next week.
1: Well, handsome, that sounds amazing. Can we talk about window treatments and adopting another dog?
0: Hells yeah, baby. That's what I call a perfect Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, the NFL just added another week to the regular season. Wait, what? I said I love you, honey.
1: Aw, I love you too, baby.
0: So, avoid unnecessary fights and confrontations by hiring the experts at Soften the Blow. Soften the Blow Life Coaching, helping you deliver bad news like it's a box of chocolates for 25 years. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. Let's talk some baseball and basketball, and we will start with our tribe week cap. Big week for the Cleveland Indians. They took down a series against the Twins and a series against the White Sox. They finished the week at 500. They're 13 and 13 now. This week, we got a glimpse of what it would look like if this team was consistently scoring runs. They had three games with nine hits, they had five or more runs four times this week. So Chuck, overall, what do you think about the way they were hitting the ball?
1: It was nice. It was nice to see them score runs in a way that wasn't just home runs. I was appreciative of uh, some lineup juggling. I still think it's a real issue at, at the top of the lineup. I know they oh, had yeah. Cesar Hernandez move to lead off and the guy's hitting like under 200 oh, and then he really hurts himself right bunting. then he hurt himself bunting this week yeah um,
0: did, did you see that did you see how far his hand was up on the barrel when he tried to lay the bunt down like i don't he only gave himself like four inches at the yeah. top of the bat to bunt the ball like, i don't know what he was doing
1: but still you know you, you take a series from the white Sox. i think it's uh, it's a solid week the best part is multiple hit games after being no hit last time i was on the pod uh to uh scoring runs in an effective manner as a baseball team should
2: to echo what Chuck saying the the fact that the tribe was scoring runs without relying on the long ball every single game and every inning was huge we strung some hits together um we did hit a fair show, share of home runs as well which was good but you know we scored <clears throat> we're scoring on singles uh hitting three singles in a row knocking guys around yep. before the big fly yeah that was that was great to see just some better approaches at the plate they did hit 10 home runs this week
0: that's a lot of power uh they had four guys that hit over 300 And Fran Mill wasn't one of them. It it was a good week with the bats. The game they lost to the White Sox, Tristan McKenzie started for the Indians and had probably the strangest stat line you're going to see from a pitcher. He pitched Mm -hmm. two innings. He allowed five runs on one hit, four walks, and he struck out every batter that he got out. So that means he he struck out or walked all but one hitter, and that one dude hit a grand slam. (laughs) And it's not actually that far off from some of his other numbers this season, he's pitched 18.2 innings. He's got 18 walks and 29 strikeouts. (laughs) So Phil, what's the deal with Tristan McKenzie?
2: The deal with Tristan McKenzie is he needs to locate his pitches. He's got good stuff. It's just, he can't find the strike zone with one batter. And then he's leaving balls over the middle of the plate a la Logan Allen for the next batter. Logan who? Never heard of him. Yeah, he's not on the (laughs) team anymore. Not a big deal. But really, I I think, you know, maybe that's a product. He's he's a young kid. Hopefully we see that he continues to work on locating his pitches. Because correct me if I'm wrong, the the guy... is supposed to command multiple pitches. I mean, he's not a, like a one trick pony at all. I mean, he's, right. he's got several pitches in his arsenal. So I, I, I don't know. I guess I'll chalk that up as he's, he's young and he's not listening to his catcher. <laughs>
0: okay. So Chuck, do you think McKenzie is heading the route of Logan Allen or is he going to stick around?
1: I think he's going to stick around. If they shuffle that rotation again, who's who's next dude up? Is it Logan Allen again? If he continues, at <laughs> the shitty pace? Uh, I don't I don't know. They're just going to rotate in and out. He's a young pitcher, like Phil said, who has really good stuff. And I think just sometimes you you hope it he works out and, and it gets better for him. But can you give him some credit? The guy is hitting 500 on the year, I believe. So still still batting 500,
2: yeah. <laughs> leading the team in hitting. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and uh no player's ever gone the entire season batting over 500 it would be a record (laughs) I don't think he's going anywhere he's young you know you're five guy in your rotation and so if you can get three decent starts out of five from him You're going to eat a couple of these where he's gone after two innings and your bullpen's got to pick it up, which lucky for the Indians, the bullpen's fantastic and they've been doing it. Who had a good week for the tribe this week?
2: Uh, Jose Ramirez had a really good week for the tribe this week. He pushed runs across every single way we want Jose Ramirez to push runs across. I mean, he he was knocking runs in the clutch. He was hitting home runs. He had multiple games in the past week with multiple hits. And I believe he's taken over the lead in almost all, every offensive category on the, on the team now. Great week for, for J Ram for sure.
0: Yeah. He got hit on the hand by a pitch today. And that was, oh. that was scary for a minute. You don't want to see that happen to that guy. Cause he is absolutely killing the
1: ball for them right now.
0: Chucky, what about you? Who had
1: a good week? I'm, I'll kind of distance from Phil because that's the easy answer uh, and the right answer, but Typical I'm going s- right? Right, yeah. yeah. But, easy way uh, out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, first I did off, not I would say, a lot. <laughs> you know, Re- Reyes had a good week because I believe he welcomed a child and so he gets a few days off. But really, I'm going to say, I don't know if anybody will agree, but I think Zach Plesac had a good week because he has faced the White Sox three out of his last four starts in the one before. Was that when he didn't make it out of the first? Like he had a really terrible yeah. game against him. And not that he, Lit him on fire, but he he pitched well. He went deeper into the game and he worked his way through stuff. So I'm gonna say Zach Pleasak had a pretty good week.
0: He did get out of that crazy inning today where he walked a couple guys and then he threw to nobody at first base.
2: Yeah, well that um, was great. And and, and <laughs> <They>
1: got <laughs> but, out of it.
0: But I'll tell you what, like, imagine how rattled that kid is after that play happens. Then he walks the next guy on the next pitch. And he comes back and he gets the out that he needs to get out. He bets well enough to win. I'm going either with Jake Bowers, who batted 400 this week. Huh? I don't believe Sticking you. around. <laughs> he did. I, I, I don't Numbers don't lie, you. my friend. Bowers and the back end of the bullpen continues mm-hmm. to just blow me away. Shaw to Karen to class A is unreal. They haven't given up a run yet this year. It's me knocking on wood. I hope I don't jinx the bullpen, but who had a bad week this week?
1: Cesar Hernandez and struggling at the plate and then hurting himself, trying to bunt. You have to have somebody who gets on base, uh, and it's going to be a huge problem. I know he, he led the league in doubles last year, right? I hope that dude- He hit for sure. Out. He's always yeah, hit. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's the I'm, problem. Yeah, he, he can be better, but I'm just saying him because it's it's terrible that you're batting under 200 and you're a leadoff hitter.
2: I'm going to take the easy way out here because that's what I do <laughs> and, uh, and, and offer this answer up to Tom Burke. Uh, it was Logan Allen. He had a terrible week, um, so bad <laughs> that uh, I believe um, the game was still going on. And he was sent down to the minors after that took him out of one and one third innings. Terrible week for Logan Allen. You know what? Maybe, maybe this is a good thing in the long run for him where he gets, gets down to the minor leagues, gets some innings, finds that command that he had in the, in spring training and we could use a lefty starter. So maybe he finds his way back up to the, the big league squad.
0: Uh, My first one was the Red Rocket, Jordan (laughs) Luplow. He batted .059 this week, and I was really getting excited about him the last two weeks before this, and so that was pretty disappointing. And also the losses. They got spanked by the Twins on Wednesday afternoon, which ruined midweek day baseball, which is one of my favorite things (laughs) all summer long. (laughs) That game against the White Sox, they got spanked in that one too when they lost on Saturday. So those were were mine. Uh, Looking ahead to next week, we've got four games against – Kansas City, who's in first place, and then another weekend series against the Reds. Phil, what are you looking forward to for next week?
2: So similar to what I said last week, I think if we can win four of those seven games, that would be fantastic. Basically splitting the four-game series and taking two out of three from the Reds. So that would be a very good week in my mind for the Tribe.
1: I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow because I believe Savale is pitching. And when we started talking about the Indians, uh, we said that there's always some younger guy who kind of comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. and solidifies himself as a two or three. And he's four and O with an ERA under three. I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow to, to set the tone for the rest of the week. I'm wondering...
0: If Daniel Johnson is going to be sticking around at all for next week, because I know that they brought him up when they put Fran mill on the paternity list, paternity list, <laughs> the dad list. He hasn't done well. He's, he's over nine with five strikeouts this weekend, but I know that they'd been talking about shuffling it around. So there were more guys on the bench. Cause we were only going with two or three guys there for a while as bench players. And I'm wondering if he sticks around and, he gets a chance to get some more at bats and we see something more from him. I would love to see a split with KC and then take that series with the Reds. The Reds should not be better than the Indians. Hopefully that's the way it goes and we could end up in second place next week maybe with a shot at overtaking KC if they start to cool down a little bit and that would be a, a fantastic end of the week. So that's enough baseball guys why don't we move on and talk a little bit of basketball. This year For the second year in a row, the NBA is going to have a play-in tournament. Are you guys aware of how the play-in tournament works for the NBA this year? I
2: think so. Kind (laughs) of. I don't
0: know. (laughs) All right. So seventh and eighth ranked teams in the conference will play each other. The winner automatically then gets the seventh seed in the real playoffs. The loser of that seven and eight matchup will then play the winner of the nine and ten matchup. And then the winner of that game gets the eight
1: seed in the real tournament.
2: These are one game, one yes. and done. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: I think I'm extremely confused that you had to walk <laughs> me through that hard. and I still don't quite understand. Thank you for a, because, Okay. Because so I that, thought maybe it's a best of three until yeah, this right? is a one That's and done. Okay, cool. I, I know the NCAA tournament has had some some positivity in that, and, and they were doing those play-in games, and it worked out really well this year for Syracuse, but I don't know, are any of those teams going to do anything? So... I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, Phil. What about <laughs> <I do? laughs> you? Yeah, well,
2: also, not giving a shit. Um, he, uh, <laughs> it seems kind of odd, right? So, you're in the past, they'd take the top eight teams in each conference, and now they're extending it down to 10. But there's a couple one-game play-ins to figure out who's going to lose to the one seed, and like what I, I can understand that last year in a COVID season it was kind of weird, and you know some teams didn't play the same number of games as other teams. But I don't know, this seems kind of gimmicky and and pointless, really.
0: We've all gotten kind of used to the fact that the NBA regular season doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, and yeah. now I think we're getting to the point where it's <laughs> probably the play-in and the first round of the NBA playoffs really don't matter. It really doesn't really pick up until you get to the conference semifinals. And that's when we can all start paying attention to basketball for real. I'm not a big fan. Moving on, Cavs versus the show. And this week was a dominant week for this podcast. We extended our lead to two games. The Cavs did not win any games this week. They are still getting hit with the injury bug so badly that they had to bring in Anderson Verjao. If he's not as old as us, he will be soon. They didn't get any wins last week. This week, on Tuesday, they play the Suns. On Wednesday, they play Portland. On Friday, they play the Mavericks, and they play the Mavericks again on Sunday. Now, the Suns are currently tied for first place in the West. They're the one seed. Uh, The Mavs are ranked sixth in the West, and the Trailblazers are seven. All of these teams have something to play for. Does anybody see a win coming for the Cavs in any of those games?
1: I extremely regret taking the Cavs in this (laughs) bet now. (laughs) I almost love the fact that the season and the players are unraveling, like with Kevin Love throwing the hissy fit this week. I didn't even see
0: what happened. I just saw that he had done something. What was that all about?
1: I didn't see it either. I didn't even see the highlight. I just read about it. A game where they were only down like four or something and... Kevin Love was pissed about something. He was supposed to inbound the ball, and he screwed that up terribly. And then the other team went on like a 10-0 run, and they they basically took him out of the game after that. I think it's more just amplified that the guy makes so much money and, and and doesn't contribute anything at this point. And then today's stuff with like Sexton that that he's not passing (laughs) any of you slugs. It's almost perfect that this is how this season's going to end and the pod can walk away victorious. So even though I bet the other way, I'm hoping it just turns into a shit show for the rest of the way. And they lose every game. I'm fine with it.
0: What about you, Phil? Do you see a win coming next week? Uh, No, no, (laughs)
1: no, To throw oh, in I'm the sorry. Top I never address, I didn't address like that. Chuck. There is no. There's no win coming this week. My fault. You did address it. You did. Yeah. We
2: got. We got. We were picking we up what you were putting down there. Yeah. 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 All
0: right,
2: good. Um, I don't see a win coming this week. I don't see a win coming the rest of the season. I actually took it upon myself the other day to look up how many games out of the top or bottom, I guess, three teams the Cavs are because they end up with the same chance at the f- right. number one pick in the draft. And we're like two games out. So I think that's attainable. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm seeing a big goose egg coming the rest of the way.
0: So after this episode tonight publishes, we'll have a three-game lead. And I honestly think, guys, we could take a week in- off. Insurmountable. <laughs> it is insurmountable. That's how
2: confident
0: I am that we're winning this. And actually, I want to try to make it, you know, a little bit interesting for the fans as we near the end of the season. So we might have to take a couple weeks off.
2: (laughs) We can't risk losing listeners. (laughs) Keep it rolling.
0: (laughs) Fellas with that, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back and head off the field. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by the latest collaboration between ESPN superstar analyst, Booger McFarland and board game industry leader Hasbro. Pick a booger is the latest sports fan and family-friendly board game from Booger McFarland and Hasbro. Pick a Booger is your chance to compete against friends and family in the board game that puts you in the broadcast booth with a chance to break down and analyze a highlight just like the pros on ESPN. Just pick a card, play the corresponding highlight, and provide your analysis or color commentary. The other players will rate your highlight based on the depth of the analysis, the humor, and excitement you bring to the call. But watch out. If you pick a booger card, you are stuck using one of Booger McFarlane's classic highlight boogers. Some classic Booger McFarlane boogers are, when January 1st comes, you start the year all over again. Or, what he's saying is that since the Saints did not sign Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown is not a Saints receiver. Or this classic... If Jason Garrett and the entire staff of the Cowboys are all fired today, then the coaches will not have jobs and the Cowboys will have no coaches. Remember, pulling a booger doesn't help anyone understand or enjoy football more while they're watching a game. So get ready to call games like a pro, but don't pick a booger. Welcome back, boys, to our final segment. We head off the field, and this isn't exactly heading off the field, but bear with me because I'm going to get there, okay? Kentucky Derby was this weekend. Medina Spirit won by half a length as a twelve to one underhorse. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if that was going to work or not. That was, <laughs> I've been laughing about that all day. Medina Spirit was originally purchased for a thousand dollars, which is wildly cheap for any horse that gets to the Kentucky Derby. Never expected in a million years to win this race. So, Chucky. Scale of one to five, one being the count of Monte Cristo, five being a kid describing a YouTube video to you. How great is the Medina spirit story?
1: (laughs) Wait, one more time on that scale. I'm I'm all thrown off again. I got the YouTube videos of five. What's one?
0: The count of Monte Cristo. One of the greatest. Well,
1: the count of Monte Cristo. To me, it's a one. The Count of Monte Cristo was the first book I ever read and truly enjoyed when I was in like in fourth or fifth grade. Uh, and it's awesome to see. Wow, that's it. really
0: young I'm to really read that yeah. book.
1: Wait, yeah. But I, oh. I can remember The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumbass. Dumbass. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fantastic to see a underdog. I don't care what sport it is, but an under horse winning is even better. You're talking about something that cost $1,000. Most racehorses can't be bred for under, you know, fifty to $75,000. Uh, a pop. When I'm talking, literally, a pop of semen costs <laughs> that much. So, plus, you know, like, how far did we grow up from Medina? It's nice to have uh, not that sure. the horses. the horse is from Medina. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was. Uh, it's a definite one for me.
0: The official drink of the Kentucky Derby is the mint julep, which is bourbon, simple syrup, mint, and crushed ice. And for the Kentucky Derby, my senior year of college, I recall us trying to make mint juleps and they were terrible. (laughs) And I don't know if it was because like I hadn't developed into a, a bourbon drinker at that point, or because we were using like a two liter bottle of bourbon that we bought for four bucks, but it was disgusting. I looked up the recipe this weekend and thought, gosh, this seems like a really great drink because bourbon is fantastic. And so it got me thinking that we should have finally A little bit of a discussion about bourbon because i know we're all fans what is your current at home go-to bourbon
2: what i'm drinking right now is the contradiction bourbon by uh smooth ambler you guys sampled it as our breakfast bourbon on last year's trip
1: good stuff chucky how about you it is bullet uh it has been bullet now for since i started to thoroughly enjoy the taste of bourbon i have been a bullet man uh from start to finish
0: mine is Bullet as well. I'm having bullet and ginger beer right now. The 10 year is my favorite one to keep in the house. Denko, what's the best bourbon you've ever
1: had?
2: I don't know. Um, oh, I take that back. I do know. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> that now, was I, quick. I, yeah. Well, I thought about it because usually, you know, the best bourbon I've ever had is either something I bought myself and have in my liquor cabinet or something we've had on one of our trips. Right. But there was, I I did have an opportunity to sample some Pappy Van Winkles at at one point and it was really good. Still, nah, you know, not like hundreds of dollars, a bottle good, uh, but I enjoyed it. It was good. It was smooth.
0: Buddy, if you can find Pappy for hundreds of dollars a bottle, uh, I would buy it because that's a much better investment than your ketchup packets.
2: Yeah. For well, sure. So <laughs> I have a I have a coworker that won some sort of lottery where he was able to purchase a bot- bottle of Pappy Van Winkle's at normal retail price. Oh, that's amazing. Than, yeah. Yeah. Because everything is sold on the secondary market, right? Right. And they're selling for $1,000. Right. He's got it at home above his bar and he cracked it open with his dad as he should have. And he- He does promise me a a drink of that at some point. So I'll I'll take him up on that as well.
1: How about you, Chucky? It may have been last night. (laughs) I was, uh, long story short, end up at our friend Mike's new home. And he has a fully stocked, unbelievable bar in his basement. And it's a lot of bourbons. And he poured me three glasses i it started with a w i believe but you're probably talking four to five hundred dollars a bottle it had a handwritten number on it <laughs> but the first sip i was like this is horseshit." uh but then by like the third i'm like this might be the best bourbon uh, I've, I've ever had <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> maybe pretty much how it works with all of them, right? yeah. all it <laughs> <laughs> but if i'm taught like honestly i have I think what phil's drinking now might be what i've only had it mm. one time and when you say it's a breakfast but it I probably could drink that in the morning. So I I do enjoy contradiction as well.
0: All right. Well, I have had Pappy on two occasions. Once we had no idea like what we were drinking. It was at a restaurant that was right next to my old law firm in Vegas. And the bartender was just like, hey, we just got a bottle of this. And the managers just told me to put it back here and sell it. So would you guys be interested? So we drank about half that bottle before the manager like came up and like took it away. And we never got to see it again. And then my, my last day at the firm, two of my partners, Nick Crosby and Terry Coffing. Terry had a bottle that he kept in a safe in his office and he opened it up for my last day. And that was pretty cool. Before that it was a uh, high West son of berai. That's a good, it was bourbon. a, uh, it was a mix. It wasn't just a straight bourbon. It was, right. I can't remember what it was. It was two different things or two different kinds of bourbon blended together. That stuff was outstanding. and I don't think they make it anymore. And it bums me out. Where's the best place you've ever had a bourbon?
2: This might be a tie, but I'm going to give the edge to the day drinking we partook in in Austin, you and I, So, So there were two bars on two different trips, one in Austin and one, oh man, I think maybe Denver, where they were both bourbon bars. We were looking at the bourbon menus. They were really good. And we start picking off of that. But the one in Austin sticks out to me because you and I, you and I walked into that bar at like two in the afternoon and we just start on a Thursday. Yeah. On a Thursday, (laughs) no one else was there. Everyone else was at work and uh, we just start sampling bourbon and that was really cool. That was a, that was a good time. We had some good bourbons. I can't for the life of me recall anything that we tried that day, but I remember really enjoying it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a good day. What about you, Chucky? I'm new to the bourbon game, comparatively to you two. So I can remember when I fell in love uh, oh, with bourbon. Oh, wow! It wasn't that long ago. It's probably about bourbon didn't years. end up
0: being a lesbian, did it? No, no.
1: Man, um, I was out with a few people, uh, couples, and there's a bar here in Erie that's kind of like speakeasy-ish. You go through a bookcase to actually get into the bar, and it's a lot of old-fashioned that kind of stuff, that those kind of drinks. And I can remember I didn't, I didn't feel feel really well, it was like sinusy time. So it was winter, and the guy I was with was just like, I'm like, what do you drink? He's like, just bourbon. I'm like, what else? No, like, just bourbon. I'm like, okay. So the first one, I was like, man like my lungs are burning. I don't know if this is how it works. But then once you numb up, like I started to thoroughly enjoy the taste of it. And I also became really good friends with that guy. So that's probably the best place I dr- It's where I was introduced to how good bourbon truly is. And I haven't looked back since then. So that's probably the best place I ever drank. It was, it's called Room 33. I haven't been there in a long time and I probably won't go back, but it brought <laughs> me to bourbon. <laughs>
0: that's excellent. I had two and I Denko. The Thursday in Austin was one of mine too, because that was a ridiculous experience to be drinking that early in the day on a Thursday with no responsibilities was really a fantastic feeling. It was like uh, the other was, degrees outside.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was good to be inside in the air
0: conditioning. My other one was I took a trip to Park City, Utah with Tammy years ago and got to go to the High West Distillery got to do like a little like walkthrough tour of the distillery and then just sit there and drink High West for an afternoon. And it was just cool. Like you were feeling like you were at Mecca for, for that bourbon and that whiskey because that was all around really good stuff made by High West. So that was mine. Well, so thank you guys for spending a little time talking about bourbon. That was fantastic. But now we have to move on to the dumbest topic we've ever discussed <laughs> on this show. There is a new word circulating on TikTok and the word is chuggy. And chuggy can be used broadly to describe someone who is out of date or trying too hard or someone who is stating the obvious, but not really adding anything else important to the conversation. So things right now, according to TikTok that are chuggy, the hype house, no idea. Golden goose sneakers, no idea. Gucci belts with double G logo being really into sneaker culture. Sorry, Casario and anything (laughs) Chevron. And I have no idea what, what? anything Chevron is. <laughs> I think that's a Chevron. I, I know two chevrons. Chevron's is it, it's a symbol that is used in military ranks and like the it's an oil company that sells gasoline. I'm a hundred percent sure that based on the definition of chuggy, Booger McFarland is chuggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so things that are things that are unchuggy or not chuggy, unchuggy things, making your own clothes, handmade products. Levi's jeans, Birkenstocks, home decor, not found in Target. Phil, Uh-oh. <laughs> on the chuggy scale, one being Gucci belts, five being making your own clothes. How chuggy do you think you are?
2: So one is really chuggy, and five is un I'm going to put myself right in the middle. I'll give myself the benefit <laughs> of the doubt and and say three, because y- you had me at your definition of definition of Chugi out of touch. I think we qualify, but then trying too hard, definitely do not qualify for that. <laughs> so I'm going to put myself somewhere in the middle there. Which one was making your own clothes? <laughs> It's unchooky. Unchugi. Which I think means it's cool. Making your own clothes is cool. I'm going to make our own t shirts for this year's trip. They're going to be great. Oh my God. So am, is the, I'm, I'm lost in the
1: chooginess. Am I ranking myself? Am I chuggy or unchoogy on a yes. scale of one yes. to five? One would be choogy. Five would be unchoogy. I'm probably at three. I'm not. Super, che- I assume is it? I can't. I, I have, and I actually am on TikTok at times for certain purposes that are not chuggy enough. Apparently,
0: yeah. I'm, <laughs> Maybe I'll, they're
2: unchuggy.
1: I think chuggy is bad. Yeah. Is bad.
2: It seems like chuggy is bad.
1: I'll just say a, a three because I have purposefully lost at this point. And what chuggy forty four? But I do know. right <laughs> I do know people who have that double G Gucci belt, and I can tell you, in our terms, that shit is played the fuck out. so Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's that. what it, so, I think that's what it means. All right.
0: I got it. Uh, And I I guess I was going to put myself right in the middle too, because I don't think I do anything that's chuggy. I also don't do anything that's unchuggy though. I don't make my own clothes. I don't wear Birkenstocks. So I don't know. I guess that's why I'm a three. I don't know if you guys remember, but in 1995, we graduated from high school. What was chuggy in 1995? I've got a couple. I'm just going to throw them out there for you. Listening to poison. Is that chuggy in 1995?
2: Yes.
1: Yes.
0: How about driving a Trans Am? And I really hope Doug Moore doesn't listen. (laughs)
2: Yes. Also (laughs) chuggy in 1995. (laughs) Um,
0: What about dressing head to toe in flannel? Head to toe? Head to toe. Pants and everything.
2: Really? Chuggy.
0: Trying too hard, right? Trying Yeah, you're trying too hard. How about wearing your clothes backwards? Oh, 1995. <laughs> that's
1: Chugy because they were like 92, 93. Yeah, exactly. right? yeah, so, very good. Right. So you've got a that's better right. understanding right. of this than okay. you think, Chuck. Okay.
0: okay. Right. Either of you have any examples you want to throw out there, or are you
1: ready to move on from this? <laughs> Let's get the fuck away <laughs> from Chuginess. <laughs> Last, Wait, I have one chugy. All right, what let's hear the, it. What were the cough drops that Coach Talbu constantly? Fishermen's fishermen's
2: friends. Chugy, chugy,
1: <laughs>
0: Oh, I say not chugy. Well,
1: Unchugi. I give it a three. Fishermen's
0: friends were fantastic. I, I don't know it how close
1: he got and spit and yelled at you in his barn <laughs> when we were hitting, but he was yeah, yeah. constantly on top of me. So to me, it was chugy. <laughs> to you, it may not have been.
0: My final question on this is: Can you believe I couldn't find anything else to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> than All right. So as you, as you guys know, Tommy reported in today that he hit 38 pounds down in his weight loss, uh, which is still an amazing number. He He's still adding to his weight loss or he's subtracting from his weight every single week. And the success is really opening a lot of doors for him. He recently took over as strength and conditioning coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes football team and got all their offensive linemen down under 225. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> he's really doing well. He was pushing this week to get to a total of 40 pounds lost. He didn't quite get there, which is fine. He's still headed in the right direction. And he's still doing great. He'll probably hit that 40 next week. And that has me wondering, what's the appropriate gift to get Tom when he hits 40 pounds? Booze and cake don't seem like great choices just because of the calories. And so I'm wondering, is it, is it ahead of lettuce? What do you guys think is a good 40 pound loss
1: gift for Tom? Maybe flaxseed. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But 40 is a milestone. And even if he can't celebrate, I'm trying to think when the last time I had a St. Ides or anything that was 40 ounces of malt liquor. Oh, man. Maybe that day we bench the push ups and all have a 40 when he hits. I like that.
0: that. This is the best idea you've ever had.
1: (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Asking Whitney to marry you, too.
2: Yeah, has just (laughs) taken a back seat to this idea. Phil, what about you? The appropriate gift. I don't know. That's tough. Maybe an all white satin jacket. I think that would be fantastic. And would go Do you still have one? (laughs) His was not white. It was
1: purple. Oh, that's right. It was purple. (laughs) I can look around though. Might be a windbreaker. I don't know.
0: Those are some really good ideas. If I'm giving points out for tonight, I think Chuck, you just won with the 40s idea. That's that's pretty great stuff. I agree wholeheartedly. Um,
1: (laughs) If we do this. Malt liquor to me is like whiskey to some people where they get aggressive and angry. So if you're oh, telling man. me, a guy who isn't drinking all that much since he had the baby, that I'm going <laughs> to slug down a 40 ounce of malt liquor, I may need a cage or a padded room for a good three to four hours.
2: Nice. Okay. I'm well, willing to
1: do it for Tommy. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. doing it.
0: <laughs> Fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. This was fantastic. Uh, you guys have a great week and let's get together and do this again real soon. All right Just in case uh, we're we are about to get hit with like a huge thunderstorm,
2: I see the lightning in your window.
0: yeah Ooh. yeah yeah so if the, if the power goes out, I want you guys just to keep going. <laughs> Finish oh, the show. Make it up on your own, um, and I'm. We're gonna take a break for one second.
2: Just start asking questions, Chuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing you did about them. They yeah, building a team to beat the Chiefs.
0: All right, I, don't, I don't know if you guys could hear that. I that, that's the rain outside. <laughs> adds, oh, there's can't. a to close a window because oh. no, it's coming down hear. that hard. Let's see. Were you, were you done with your thought, Phil? Yeah. Okay.
2: We beat the chiefs. Did you not hear that? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, loser. There were probably a lot of people sitting around a nice, like, both them or Goodell had no clue as to exactly how to interact with those folks. Sometimes he would <laughs> show the draft pick like, Hey, this is who you're picking. And there was almost no response because no one recognized the name on that card. Like, wait a minute, who is that?
0: Yeah. Um, I was going to let you know that my internet connection is unstable because of the weather right now, and I miss about half that answer. So oh, if you want to try man. it again, you can. But I think I got enough that
2: I can piece it together. You want me to do that again? You want me to run through that a second time? I do. About a, yeah. about a leather chair? Yeah. I, can add, I can add to it. Yeah, let's see what Chuck's take is on that show. Maybe I'll come back here. and say something
1: after.
0: Never in a million years expected to win this thing. Can you guys still see me? Nope. No. No.
2: We can hear you though. There you go.
0: Hey, it's hey. Fucked up technology night. Okay, Medina Spirit was purchased for only a thousand dollars, which is ridiculous. Medina Spirit was purchased, but I'm not judging that. um I'd play for the Cavs for a hundred years, twenty million a year. <laughs>
2: I'll do the masala and take half. <laughs> Sign some other guys. I'll play for $11 million. <laughs> they should do that. They should
0: let fans, like, take up roster spots for like, no, like, you know, are, is gonna play, what, what, yeah. what's the difference? hundred grand. hundred grand is what I'll play for.
2: When I saw that about Verza, I was like, oh my God. Like, I wish we had this guy four years ago. We did. Eight years yeah. ago, then yeah. we did. Yeah. Yeah, okay. what's the, he hasn't played since like
1: 2019 in yeah. Brazil or something he only played like four games are you kidding me no they, oh, he I hasn't, didn't know that yeah, I, thought, I, I figured I he was
0: still on like somebody's roster nope, this year nope, no. oh. he hasn't
1: played in in since 2019 he was on some team in Brazil for like three or four games and that was it so it made no sense unless there's a bobblehead night coming up that no one knows about <laughs> that, that, that he's there to sign him like sign him and then sign the he, would be,
0: he would be a great bobblehead with that oh, hair yeah. he'd be a good yeah. bobblehead that would be a good one You remember my toothpaste tube? Yeah, I'm waiting for that picture. I yeah. I, I think today what? it finally ran going? out. It was no. still going. I started. I maple? started. So I <laughs> Mark, that was that was two podcasts ago. You it said was, you were yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I found was I could um, I could roll from the top, <laughs> and then squeeze the corners together, and if I pushed with both thumbs. I could get a little to come out. You are brushing your teeth with plastic. This is <laughs> no, awesome. no, it's still, no, I'm telling you, I'm still getting it. I'm still getting a reasonable amount on the toothbrush every time until this morning. This morning, I had to like put the toothbrush into the tube. And, like, scrape around to try to get something
1: so, out. I hope I get you in the gift exchange this year. just sending you a case of toothpaste. It'll last you till you're 70 at this rate. I don't
0: even uh, know if it lasts that long. Does toothpaste go bad?
2: You would know. <laughs> What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? Here to amuse you?